Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 16, where we discuss how rail service performance is impacting the movement and export of Western Canadian grain. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada. I'm joined by Mil Proyer of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. Good to see you today, Milt. Nice to see you, Greg. So we've had quite a lot of activity in the rail network, obviously. I think we'll definitely get into the Vancouver situation as it uh, is having a large impact, obviously, on the people in British Columbia and elsewhere. But we're also seeing it in the, the numbers, obviously, for the Ag Transport Coalition. But let's take a look back at week 16, which the report just came out. And it began to show the impacts of the outages in Vancouver. Um, what was week 16 like, at least in, from a reporting standpoint? Well, we saw performance go down uh, for both CN and CP as compared to the prior week. Uh, you know, CN fell back below the 80% threshold in week 16 for order fulfillment. And CP actually, you know, while they did better than CN at 87%, that was actually their worst performance of the year so far. So definite impact on both railroads. And I think a lot of it reflective of what's going on in the Vancouver corridor where, you know, as we'll talk about in a bit, we saw some significant service disruptions uh, for both railways. Um, said disruptions, I think, uh, gonna set the tone for performance in the coming weeks. But again, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later in the podcast. Just to round out week 16 at the provincial level, no surprise, uh, we kind of saw the same pattern that we saw at the system level. You know, performance uh, declined generally uh, for CN and CP across the provinces. Alberta, um, you know, unfortunately continues to suffer with the worst performance again in week 16 um, and, and just to make things worse, CP joined the party uh, where they had a really bad week in week 16, only 60% order fulfillment. Uh, and again, you know, that, that when you look at the performance on a quarter by quarter basis, it's very much uh, it seems to be related to what's going on, you know, west of uh, Kamloops. Yeah, so let's let's jump into that. Obviously, I think everyone would be familiar with the just incredible flooding and the you know the health and safety issues uh, that were happening there, and and obviously, I think government, provincial government, federal government are all seized with trying to get get that infrastructure up and going and making sure that people remain safe. Um, and you know, obviously, it had an impact on on the on the rail lines. So, from your standpoint, what what is happening right now uh, in the in in that in that situation between Kamloops and Vancouver Melt? Well, um, as most people know, um, the rail lines went out, you know, late uh, Sunday, November fourteenth to early Monday, November fifteenth, depending on which report you read. But what it resulted in was uh, track outages on the main line for both CN and CP west of Kamloops. Um, and in this instance, I guess probably more aptly described as multiple track outages uh, because they had basically problems all the way from just west of Kamloops and CN's case all the way to basically Chilliwack, which is just outside Vancouver. So uh, there was effectively uh, no rail service whatsoever um, to or from Vancouver. Uh, from the 14th of November to the 23rd 
um, so nine days, uh, that's when CP resumed uh, limited service. I guess I would I would characterize it as such because they're operating, um, you know, with reduced capacity. Obviously, they're trying to accommodate their own traffic as well as uh, do some detours for CN. CN, to the best of our knowledge, tried to reopen in part yesterday. It remains somewhat unclear as to whether or not that reopening was successful or sustainable. I've heard both sides of that coin that they reopened and then had to shut down again and that they've reopened and, and remain open. So we're not quite sure what's going on there. And the, if you, the opaqueness, if you will, that's coming from CN with respect to public commentary on this situation is not helping that. So as we sit here today, we do have some traffic moving in and out of Vancouver. Um, again, with reduced capacity, we're just not quite sure how reduced at this point. On the grain side specifically, um, we have seen some progress made on the traffic backlog uh, over the last week almost since CP reopened. Um, you know, we had roughly 5,000 that were basically standing on their wheels going nowhere a week ago. And that number has, has managed to find its way down to 3,400 cars as of yesterday. Now, just to be clear and, and for you know, edification of our listeners, when we talk about idle cars in this metric for ATC, we're talking about cars that are loaded but haven't moved for 48 hours or more. So just because we've seen that number go from 5,000 down to 3,400, people shouldn't assume that, oh, 1,600 cars managed to get to the Port of Vancouver because that's not the case. What that reflects is a reduction in the number of cars that have not moved for 48 hours. Those 1,600 cars that moved in that week uh, could just as easily have been you know, between Edmonton and Jasper. Uh, as they would be between Kamloops and Vancouver. So we just want to be very clear about, you know, things are starting to improve, but let's not interpret these numbers to say that there's all kinds of traffic arriving in Vancouver now, because that's not the case. We do know that the recovery remains fragile. Um, CP, as a matter of fact, yesterday suspended train operations west of Kamloops for most of the day, which was to allow their engineering people to get out and do some work to enhance the stability of the rail bed. Something that we'll probably see happen on a recurring basis is my guess. Um, particularly if, you know, the forecast that's currently in place uh, comes to pass over the next seven to 10 days, and it's not good. They're expecting significantly more rainfall in the region. So that will not help things whatsoever. Yeah, thanks, Milton. So just for, for context, you know, in a normal, at normal time, say at this time of the year, the, you know, in a functioning pipeline, how many cars would be going in or how, how many cars would be in the pipeline to, to Vancouver, um, usually daily or, or just generally in that pipeline, just to get a, get a sense of how much is, is essentially being stopped for the past 14 days. Well, normally between the two railways, and I mean, normal is always a, a challenging term to use in this context, because if we said, well, last year it was this, last year wasn't exactly normal because volumes were super high. But it, you know, if you said between 4,500 and 5,000 cars between CN and CP headed 
to Vancouver on a daily basis at this time of year, that would certainly be a reasonable number, um, which is kind of where we were when everything came to a screeching halt here on the 14th of November. You know, we had just under 4,200 cars online. Um, uh, and that's what created, you know, that was the start of the backlog is all those cars that were moving towards Vancouver uh, suddenly had nowhere to go. And then cars started backing up behind them and that number quickly got to 5,000. So and then for for a, a con, for the sense of so it's a good point. I mean, the, the cars are in the like you said around the the idle cars. They're moving, but it's not clear whether they're actually making it to Vancouver. Like for the for the number of unloads, you know, the ATC daily report yesterday had eighteen you know unloads in in Vancouver. Um, how, how many should you know would we usually be seeing potentially daily in the, in Vancouver? Well, I think if we look at this year. Um, you know, so just to say, compared to what we've seen recently, that number probably should be, you know, between 750 and 900 a day. So we're well off that. But the reality is that, you know, traffic has only been finding its way to Vancouver for uh, less than a week, about four and a half days. Uh, and what's been arriving has been limited. You know, the first few days it was a train a day. And then for the, over the weekend, we saw, you know, a train and a half to a couple of trains a day that were finding their way to Vancouver for grain specifically. And the one thing to remember, of course, is that this is not just about grain. You know, we're only a fraction of the uh, mess, if you will, that the railways are trying to clear up because we've got grain, we've got potash, we've got coal, we've got sulfur, we've got intermodal traffic, we've got everything is trying to get to Vancouver and commensurately trying to come out of Vancouver, whether those are empties, or in the case of intermodal, you know, loaded containers that are trying to get off the dock and, and, and go east. So grain operations for sure have been negatively impacted. But even with no visibility on other segments, it's it's quite reasonable to think that, you know, grain has been has not been impacted any worse than anybody else. Yeah, it's really an incredible situation. Obviously, they're probably also using some of that capacity to get, you know, other materials that, that the lower mainland needs, you know, as far as food and fuel to in that area. Well, thanks a lot for your insight. Uh, really appreciate it as usual. For those who would like to see the reporting, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye.